I'm excited to share with you what the Lord's put on my heart for today and for the next uh, coming weeks. Uh, we're going to start a new series together today, and uh, it's called Becoming. And uh, I loved this graphic when I saw it. If you can't tell, that's just a bunch of people that are all coming together, making the shape of, of the church. And um, I want to be honest with you and tell you that as I was planning over the past few weeks to begin this series of sermons, uh, I had one thing in mind for what it was going to be. I had one thing in, in mind for what it was going to look like and, and how it was going to go. And then this week, uh, actually, the Lord kind of showed me that uh, he had a different direction that he wanted it to go than I had. And so uh, he changed it. So, it's, um, I'm, so because of that... I'm very, very excited. Um, that word become, I want you to think about this morning. We're just going to introduce sort of what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks. I don't, can't even tell you exactly how many weeks we're going to talk about this, but it, um, however many the Lord wants us to. But becoming, the word become is a verb. And one of the definitions for that word means to grow to be... Or to turn into. Now, when you were a little kid, and a, a, a lot, most of our younger ones are um, in children's church with Ashton right now. But um, when you were a little kid, people used to ask you what common question. What do you want to be when you grow up? What they really mean is what, what do you want to become when you grow up and get older? And so everybody, if we were to go around the room, there would be all sorts of things that we said as a kid. And I started thinking about when I was a kid growing up, and I went through different seasons where I wanted to become different things. I wanted to be, at one point, an astronaut, because I saw the movie Space Camp when I was a kid. How many people are old enough to remember the movie Space Camp? Okay. Oh, every kid. You wanted to be an astronaut when you watched Space Camp. Um, I wanted to be a baseball player at one point. If you've ever seen my signature, like on a letter or a card or anything, um, I developed my signature because it was going to be my autograph because I was going to be a baseball player. <laughs> so if you look at my signature and think, wow, that's funky looking, uh, it was going to be an autograph. Like that was supposed to be on baseballs and 8x10s and bats and stuff like that, but um, it didn't work out that way. Uh, uh, at one point, I wanted to be an artist. I loved to draw and do things like that. So at one point, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a radio DJ. Yeah, I, I, that was, just seemed fun. I loved music and, and playing music for people. and, and talk. I, wanted, I would have loved to have been able to do that. Uh, I wanted to be a sports announcer at one point. I would have loved to have been that guy, the one sitting in the booth calling the games. And I would have had to have been a baseball because when I wanted to be an announcer, I didn't know anything about any other sport. Baseball was the only thing I knew. So, you know, I wanted to be like the next uh, Skip Carey or, or whatever. A photographer. I went through a season where I wanted to be a photographer. And what was even funnier is, you know, I wanted to be the photographer that took pictures of the baseball players that went on the baseball cards. <laughs> Because I collected baseball cards. So I wanted to be the guy who took the pictures that went on the baseball cards. Because I thought that would be the coolest thing ever. Um, 
And then, uh, and then I wanted to be a musician. When I was in high school, I remember uh, one of the girls in our graduating class was going around at graduation with a video camera saying, uh, what are you going to be doing in five years? And I, and I think I was foolish enough to tell her that I would be like singing, I would have a record deal somewhere, I was going to be, you know, something, something like that, which obviously that didn't turn out that way either. Um, but what I discovered to be true was that through my entire life, through all of those seasons of things that I wanted to become, I was actually becoming something else. I was becoming a son. I was becoming a husband. I was becoming a father. I was becoming a youth minister. And through all of that season, I was becoming a pastor. I didn't know that. But it was all part of a process. Every life experience that God took me through was a piece of the journey of me becoming everything that I am right now. Every part of the journey was part of my becoming. And the other truth is I'm still becoming. Because you never stop becoming. You don't see, it, it doesn't stop. Becoming is a journey. It's a process that doesn't end. And it begins when we're born. And it ends when we stand face to face in eternity with Jesus. And until that day, we never stop becoming. And becoming is not just something that each of us do as individuals. Becoming is something that we do together as a church family. First Baptist Lindale has been becoming what we are this morning since this church was first established in 1898. Did y'all know our church was that old? In 1898 was the beginning of our becoming. And who we are right now in this moment is the result of that becoming. From, from the time our church was established until now, we've been becoming this. So, we are still becoming right now. Do you realize that all of that past time we've been becoming what we are now, but we don't stop becoming because right now we are becoming something that we're going to be in the future. And we don't know exactly what that is or what that looks like. But does it excite you to think that we're not finished becoming First Baptist Lindale yet? We're still becoming First Baptist Lindale. We've never stopped. And so through this series, I want us to go to the scriptures and I want to let it show us where we are on this journey of us becoming what God desires for us to be. And I want the scriptures to help us discern where we can go from here and how God desires for us to get there. So that's, how, that's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Yeah, y'all can speak up a little bit this morning. Ephesians chapter 4 is what we're going to look at this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 11. Verses 11 through 13 very quickly this morning. We're going to look at a passage of scripture 
that I think is going to be a great uh, springboard this morning for this idea of what are we continuing to become as a church family at First Baptist Lindale. Look in Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11. This is what it says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Everybody say built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So now here in this passage, Paul is writing to the people who make up the church of Ephesus. And in these verses, he's showing them, as well as he's going to show us this morning, the process that he has designed for bringing his church along this journey of becoming. Along this journey of becoming what he wants his church to be. So I want us to look together at that passage. We're going to break it down verse by verse and and see what it has to say to us. Look at verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. The first thing God had to do was provide leadership. He had to provide leadership for his church. Now, in verse 11, Paul points out the leaders that Jesus provides to care for, to shepherd, to lead his church. Now, because Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, and this was during the infancy of the church, he mentions four titles or offices, and all four of these titles and offices were in operation when Paul was writing to the church. And it's also important for us to point out that Paul is describing a specifically called and gifted group of men here. He isn't using these terms in this passage to describe the folks in the church who, have, who may have a spiritual giftedness, like the ones that we're going to begin to talk about next Sunday night. I hope next Sunday night you have already considered, um, if you want to be a part of what we're going to begin uh, next Sunday night. We are, are beginning what we're calling growth groups, and these are groups that are centered around discipleship, that we want you to come be a part of. I want you, they're in your bulletin. There are three different options that we're offering at 4.30. And um, I'm so excited about all of those groups and the people who are going to be leading those. And uh, if you want to be a part of those, uh, what we'd love for you to do is there's a, a website address in the bulletin. You go to that, fill out a quick form with your name and your number, tell us which class you want to be a part of, and, and so that we can plan and be ready for you. But those, are gonna, those three are going to start at 4.30. And then at 6, I'm going to be leading a, a learning experience through the spiritual gifts that, that God has given each believer to use for service in the kingdom. But what Paul is talking about here, I want to make a clarification. What he's talking about here is not the lay people of the church who have giftedness on these things. He's talking about the men who have been specifically called out for this ministry. Um, The first two, the apostles and the prophets, these were the men who were called to three basic responsibilities. 
One was to lay the foundation of the church. They were the ones who were establishing the church, laying the foundation for what it would be even today. Number two, they were to receive and declare the revelation of God's word. The scriptures were still being written during this time. And so they were the ones that God chose to reveal himself to and and for them to pen the scriptures through divine inspiration to give us God's word. They were to receive it and declare it and write it down. And then number three, to bring confirmation to that word through signs, wonders, and miracles. They were given the power to do miraculous things as a proof that what they were saying was truly the word of God. So these were their responsibilities. The apostles obviously include the men who followed Jesus, the twelve, but also men like Paul, Barnabas, Silas, Timothy. They were the ones who provided leadership for all the churches as they traveled from region to region and helped establish each congregation. The word prophets in this text refers more to those who were called to specific local congregations to shepherd them. They played a similar role, but they tended to stay in one place with one congregation where the apostles were transient. They were moving from place to place. They were, over, they were taking care and shepherding the entire church all over the region. So once God's word had been revealed and it had been completed the roles sort of transitioned into the next two that Paul talks about that are still in place today and represent the leadership that Jesus provides for his church now. The evangelists are the ones who are called to tell and explain the gospel. Their role is to go into the places all over the world and tell the good news, and their primary focus is to reach the lost with the gospel. That's the role of the evangelists. And we all know evangelists. These are the guys who travel from place to place. And their primary goal is to make sure everybody hears and understands and has the opportunity to respond to the gospel. They're different from the pastor and teacher. That's the fourth office that Paul mentions here. And the pastor and teacher is the shepherd of the local congregation. Very similar to how the prophets and the apostles... The apostles went everywhere the prophets stayed. The evangelist goes all over the place. The pastor, teacher, stays, plants himself in a local congregation. And both of these terms in this verse uh, should be understood to have the same leadership. When he says pastors and teachers, those two terms represent the same office, the same, the same people. So the term for pastor here means shepherd. They're to be the overseer and guardian of the church. And they have two primary tasks according to the scriptures. One is to faithfully preach and teach the whole counsel of God's word. That's the role of a pastor. The second is to devote themselves to prayer as they lead and shepherd God's church. Those are two of the most important primary roles of a pastor. And this is the role that God has called me to. This is the role, this is what he's been, this is what I've been becoming all of this time, not realizing it. But God has called me into this role, not for me. But I want you to understand that he's called 
me into this role for you. It's not because I chose it, but because God was making me into this as a provision for you. So Christ himself gave these men, gave these people to his bride, to his church. So we should always look at our pastors, our leaders, no matter, no matter where they are. They are provisions from God for the body of Christ. Okay? Now I want us to look in verse 12. Like, why did God provide these men? What, what was the purpose for it? Look at verse 12. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? Built up. The second thing God did was provide purpose. First, he provided leadership. Secondly, when the leadership was in place, he provided the purpose for that leadership. Verse 12 tells us why God raised up these men and called them to pastor and shepherd his church. Why is it? Look at verse 12. Why does he provide leadership? To equip his people. It's right there in verse 12. To equip his people. My assignment as your pastor is to make sure you are equipped. Do you know what you're supposed to be equipped for? <laughs> Maybe you're thinking, what are, we, what are we supposed to be equipped for? It's in there. Equipped for what? Works of service. I'm not sure if everybody realizes this, but I'm going to let you in on something. But do you realize that when you were called out of death and darkness and saved by the gospel and called into the marvelous light of Jesus, it wasn't just so you could come to church and sit and be a spectator. It's right there. My role as a pastor is not to equip you to become a better listener. My job as a pastor is to equip you to become a better doer. A better servant. Verse 12 says that we should always be becoming servants. Works of service. Servants of who? Who are we supposed to serve? Each other. We're called to serve each other through the spiritual equipping that the pastor and the pastoral leadership provide to the church. Every member of the church is called to grow into people who don't just receive, but people who serve and give to one another. Now, this is a, this is a big issue today because so much of Christianity, when we look at the state of the church all over the country and all over the world, but really this tends to be more of an American problem. Because when you look at the church as it's being built all over the world, places all over the world don't have the same problem we do. The problem that the American church has that we are driven toward developing spectators and consumers and followers rather than servants. We've built a culture that's more concerned with how many 
followers our church has on Twitter or how many people like our posts on Facebook, then we're concerned about how many servants we're producing. How many people are we raising up to, to give and to serve? And you'll see why it's so important. It's easy, it's so easy for us to come into church and see all the things that are being done and see all the other people that are doing things and we go, well, I don't really have to do anything. I'm good to be here. Like, I'm, I'm good to just be here. That's covered, that's taken care of. There's not anything for me to do. Look at verse 12 again. What happens if the pastors and leaders equip the people to grow into those who serve? The pastor equips the people. The people activate themselves in works of service within the church. And what's the result? The body of Christ is what? Built up. Built up. So it means that if the people don't develop into servants, if the pastoral leadership does not equip the people, therefore people don't become servants. And when servants aren't becoming in the church, then it's not built. It's not built up. At very best, it stays where it is. And you're lucky at that. But it declines. It dies. It falls away. This is how the kingdom grows. This is how the local church grows. When we begin to grow into people who serve each other, we will be built up and encouraged as we grow deeper in our knowledge of God's word and we experience the joy of doing what God has designed for us to do. It's all about service. Can I just ask you straight up, Do you want God's kingdom in this church to grow? I hope so. Because if you don't, I need to find somewhere else to go. Do you want God's kingdom outside of First Baptist Lindale to grow? Mm. Yeah. Do you want God's kingdom at the church down the street to grow? I hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. That's, that's what we do. The people are trained into servants. And then only when we become faithful servants, the body of Christ is built up. I want you to think about something here for a minute. I want you to think about your spiritual journey, your growth, the growth that you have experienced in your life from the time you first became a believer until now, whatever amount of growth you discern that to be in your life. Do you know where that growth, that building up of you came from? It came from somebody else's service. Your growth as a believer was facilitated by the service of other people. Who are all the people who serve you here? 
Who are all the people who serve you here at First Baptist Lindale? The ministerial staff. I hope you see us as servants because that's what we want to be. We want to set the example. I don't want to ask you as your pastor to do anything that I'm not willing to get in and do with you. That's, it's just not going to work. Your Sunday school Bible study leader. How many people came to Sunday school this morning? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. Do you realize that your spiritual growth and investment is because of their service? The fact that they prepare, they committed to the role of a teacher. They spend time every week preparing to come in and lead you and help you learn God's word. Your deacons are, deacons are servants in this church. They serve you. They care for the church. They protect its unity. When you bring your kids to church, their Sunday school teachers are your servants. They're not just serving your kids, but they're serving you. They're coming alongside you in your attempt, in your effort to raise your kids in the knowledge of God's word, and they're coming along partnering with you. They are your servants. The folks who are in the nursery right now taking care of the babies, they're your servants. They're serving you. And guess what? They're not just serving the people who have babies. They're serving all of us. The ones who plan and coordinate all the ministries and efforts of our church. Just go through the bulletin for a couple of weeks and look at all of the things that are, are going on. When you see the activities and the, and the things that we're doing, those things are coordinated and put together by somebody. They just don't pop up in the bulletin and happen. It takes the work and the service of people. So your growth comes from their service. All of these people who are growing into service are investing in your spiritual growth. And as you continue to grow, you become one of those servants. And then you pour into others. And then those people that you pour into, they become servants. Do you see the pattern here? (laughs) We equip you. You become people of service who serve other people. And because you serve other people, they grow spiritually. And as a result of their spiritual growth, they become servants. And then they begin to serve other people. And then those people grow into servants. And then they start investing in other people. And those people grow into servants. And that's how the kingdom is built. (laughs) You don't build churches with buildings. You build churches with servants. So let me ask you a question, just to consider. When's the last time you expressed your gratitude to someone who serves you here in this church? When's the last time you told one of these people that we've just finished talking about, thank you, when is the last time you've ever shared with one of them how their service has helped you to grow. So what happens when we all begin to take our growth into servant seriously in the kingdom of God here and then this community is built up? Look at verse 13. Here's the answer. Until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When the pastoral leadership equips the people to be servants and the people take that role seriously and begin to serve one another, the kingdom is built up and when the kingdom is built up, we become unified. Our service to each other is like the, the mortar that holds the bricks together. It's what unifies us. We're unified in, in Christianity, in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're unified not just here, but with other believers and other churches and other congregations all over. We're unified in the knowledge of God's word. We all come together with an understanding of what God's word teaches, what it means, what, it, what the ramifications are for our life. And I love that last part that says we reach the full measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We become everything that Jesus plans for us to be. So do you see the progression? God spells out in these verses, this is how my kingdom grows. We grow individually through the equipping of the church and the pastoral leadership. We grow to serve other people, fulfilling the call to ministry within the church. We grow to serve, to grow the kingdom of God at First Baptist Lindale, and in the Lindale, Silver Creek, Rome community, and over the whole world. We, we grow... To serve, to grow. Grow, to serve, to grow. 